You're listening to The Big Show with Maddie Rose. Ho, ho, friends. Welcome aboard. You get your, blores, your doors blown off. Someone with my complexion. Yeah. Complexion. Just off the score of the coast, uh, the shore of Nova Coast. Nova. You sure about that? Patrick Duma. This is Patrick. The guy's just a half a spirit. I also don't want them. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm dying here. George, your hot takes give me joy. George is dumb as hell. Yeah. This is Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Yo, friends, what's going on? Happy Monday. Welcome aboard. Brand new week. Buckle in. Hope you had a lovely weekend. As you heard from the lovely intro. Wow. No no George Russick today or tomorrow. Cough a lung up. Yeah. (laughs) Pat's really upset. He thinks he got done dirty in that that (laughs) intro. By old GVP in the back room. I'm sorry. (laughs) We're going to have to make some more moments for the intro then. Yeah, there you go. That's the only thing we're going to have to do. More stupid moments. Mm. He's Patty Dumas. I'm Matty Rose in the other room. GVP. Shan's here as well. And uh, we're ready for a brand new week. Recharged, refreshed. And um, in the afterglow of a week one Sunday in the NFL. That was fun. A day that I'm sure across the city, across our listener base, Emotions all over the place. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're like me, or you're um, a Giants fan, <laughs> or a Bears fan, Ooh. or like me, a Bengals fan. What about a Chargers fan a losing Chargers it again at the fan. end? Yes, <laughs> at least you were close in that game. The other three teams <laughs> I've mentioned were just they terrible. Yeah, they didn't show up. Just awful. Steelers fans. Steelers, yeah, well, Steelers, whatever. I wasn't believing in the Steelers anyways to start. But, yeah, those those would have been the downs, right? Seahawks fans. Seahawks fans. <laughs> but then I've got you sitting across from me and your Packers. Yeah. Little uh, windbreaker here. That was a nice day. If you're a Packers fan, if well, you're that... a Cowboys fan, there yeah, was no. a lot to like on week one. Yeah, of course, like nothing, nothing produces more hot takes out of any sport than probably week one of the NFL. Yep. Uh, there's going to be everybody's like, oh, my, these guys are going to be good. I know winning week one helps your chances down the line so much more. You're more likely to make the playoffs. I believe the teams that made the playoffs last year were 10 and four in week mm-hmm. one. Uh, so winning week one matters a ton. It's not the be all end all. So if you're the Chiefs, if you're the Seahawks, if you're the Giants, if you're if you're the Bengals, it's not panic time yet. Is there's no panic just yet? You start zero and two, you start yeah. you start to get a little panicky because you only got fifteen more of these, or sorry, rather, yeah, fifteen more of these things to figure it out. And especially in the case of the Cincinnati Bengals, who have a divisional opponent next week as well, mm-hmm. uh, going into Baltimore, uh, it's gonna be it's tough. You cannot start zero and two. Just uh, putting a couple of numbers together here. Uh, if we project the rest of the season. Uh, some startling numbers, to say the least. Uh, Tyreek Hill is going to get well over the 2,000 yes. yards that he expected. <laughs> um, also, if we extrapolate over a full season, Joe Burrow is going to throw for less than 1,600 yards. Man. Had his first less than 100 yards passing game in the NFL yesterday. Um, Just after signing the richest contract in NFL history. Yeah, it's funny how it works out like that, hey? I'm Funny sure. how it works out yeah. like that. And now we got the Jets and the Bills. We got nice Aaron Rodgers' debut here. To cap it off, yeah. To cap off week one. 
Yeah, I mean, you hope uh, hopefully the New York crowd is a little bit more excited uh, tonight than hopefully they were last night. Hopefully they're not night. as wet. No, hopefully they're not as wet. Because I guess if you're a case of the Giants, it's like you spent all your money and all this to get out there. But, hey, at least you could have left early. You got home early. You know, you beat the traffic. Because, I you know, getting, into, getting across the river into New York is tough. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't have to... You know, you had more of a sleep, I guess. So that that's a benefit. To, I had a week fan. one after sitting in the soaking yeah, rain, like, yeah, watching your team just get, worth it. <laughs> get punched in the face repeatedly. Yeah, and by it was after Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. It looked was a promising drive to start for the Giants. They were moving the ball. Daniel Jones was was running the ball well, and then they took the sack there to get him out of the red zone, and the field goals blocked and. We're off to the races. Cowboys looking good as Mike McCarthy retaking the play calling duties. I mean, offensively, they didn't have to do much because right off the bat, they were up by two scores because of the the, the punt blocked uh, field goal in the, in the pick yep, six. Yep. Dak took care of the ball. Tony Pollard looked good. That defense, though. And they they welcome Aaron Rodgers next week in week two. And I want to get ahead of myself, but Aaron Rodgers has never lost at AT&T Stadium. At that same building, uh, Aaron Rodgers will be playing tonight where that Cowboys team ran rough shot over the Giants. <laughs> um, saw Stephon Diggs on the broadcast yeah. there, of course, getting ready yeah. for tonight's game as well. The Bills mm-hmm. already in New York for uh, this evening's game. But, man, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot to take in, like red zone. Sunday, mm-hmm. strap in, 11 o'clock, Octobox, everything going. <laughs> Our boy Hanson crushing it yeah, again. Scott Hanson's a beautiful man. To little surprise. Yep. No, he does. Uh, he, he's one of the best at what he does. and it's That's a tough job. That is a, that is a very oh. tough job to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be one of the hardest. I would love to get like a behind-the-scenes look at a full day. Just a fly on the wall. Like how many producers do they have? I was watching a little bit yesterday. And he posted on Twitter. Sometimes I get distracted by this type of stuff, but yeah. I was like, "Is one person watching every game, and do they just like raise their hand when something happens?" Like and then there's yeah, and then there's like one main producer who kind of like right, you know we'll go filters here, we go through there, the garbage there. and yeah. is like, "You're wrong. Your game's not any good. We're not going to show you <laughs> Titans and Saints. You, you stay there." There was too much Titans and Saints featured on Red Zone yesterday. <laughs> like. Like, if Ryan Tannehill didn't have six or seven or more interceptions in that game, like, he could have easily. He had mm-hmm. three, but <laughs> he could have easily had more than that uh, if the Saints players just held on to the ball. Yeah. But that's that's one of the things that I find fascinating. How do, mm-hmm. how do you do it? How do you know? Do you pick games? Do other games have, like, more prominence than others I think before that, the day starts? Or do they, you just let it buck with the themes? I think it, early on in the season, it really just it just goes with who's what what games happen yeah. and what, where the big plays. I think later on in the year, once you get into December, I, maybe there's more focus. But, hey, every touchdown is shown. Even if it's not shown live, they show it to you a few seconds later. So uh, it's, it was one of the, it's one of the greatest sporting inventions ever. Oh, yeah. I, I sure. never want it to leave. <laughs> I don't know if it ever will. I think it's uh, become pretty necessary to because I think yeah. I mean, there's there's still point. there's still like Sunday Ticket, and there's still mm-hmm. obviously DAZN, and you can still like a la carte pick your game that you want to watch, and and you can go watch whatever you want. But with Red Zone, it just bounces you around all around, and uh, and, and it it just it just it helps for fantasy too, obviously, which is just taking over the game. Yeah, Bengals and Browns actually were on TV yesterday. I was yep. very sad to actually watch that in in full while I had Red Zone <laughs> going on the computer as well. But oh, last week one pretty much in the books. Um, there were some some surprises. We're going to get into it a little bit later on with uh, 
our guest just after yeah. seven thirty. He witnessed no, Joe Burrow's just uh, after eight o'clock. He witnessed Joe Burrow's rough start there. Charles Davis, yeah, he did do the Browns and the Bengals game yesterday with CBS. He will be joining us just after 8 o'clock today to break down week one. Look ahead to the Monday Nighter as well. We'll get into some overreactions, which is always fun after uh, the first Sunday of the NFL season. Uh, But we got a jam-packed show coming up for you as well. Uh, We'll do our best bets. We'll do our recap Mm -hmm. uh, coming up for you around 8.30. That's when we'll get into those, see how we did in week one. We pick six games every Thursday, or Patty picks six games, and we all do you know, spreads or totals on those games. We'll find out how the first week went. I thought there was some some things I liked there. Mm-hmm. I know I definitely lost the Bengals bet, and yeah. I have to see what else, but I feel pretty good about the week as a whole, especially after I won last year. I don't want <laughs> to brag too much. Oh, okay. Sure did. Um, so we'll get into all that with Charles Davis and we'll bring you our bets and see how we did in week one. Uh, coming up just after seven o'clock, Shai Davidi is going to join us after a very successful weekend for the Toronto Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Kansas City at home to the Royals, uh, the stumbling Royals as they are at this time of season. Almost <laughs> feels like they're either, you know, World Series bound or just awful. That's the the two ways the Royals go. Well, they haven't been back since uh, the playoffs since going to the World Series. So, <laughs> ding ding ding. Uh, Jays beat them yesterday on a little bit of a strange way that they scored a few runs. Hey, at this point, you'll take yeah. it. You'll literally take it against anybody. I do want to see how this team plays against better competition. I know you can only play the teams in front of you, but they went ten and five over this. Perceived stretch of weak teams, Washington, Colorado, Oakland, Kansas City. Uh, but Texas is a team that, you know, they albeit they were they struggled through Houston. They lost their first opener, the opener against Oakland, but they rallied to to take that series, final two out of three. So Texas provides a different challenge. I still think the Jays can 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 easily win this series with the way Texas isn't playing and the Jays are playing some hot ball, but uh, it's gotta start with the pitching still continuing. Chris Bassett will get the start tonight, and he's been He's been phenomenal. We've been talking about ooh, if the Jays get into the playoffs, who's going to be your third guy? Is it Kikuchi? Maybe it's Chris Bassett now. He can offer just he can offer just so much more with that arsenal of pitches that he has to offer. So uh, I'm really interested to see what Bassett can do tonight. That's definitely a, a valid race here for the Blue Jays as we get down the stretch. Shai's going to join us to talk a little bit about that and about this series. Uh, did mention it the the wild pitches. The pitcher straight up falling over on one of them. Yeah, Cole Reagans. Yeah, very bizarre. There was what? Did, do we know what the injury was for that pitcher who blew out his knee? What was that on Friday night, I believe? No, I do not. Uh, it looked like it was a knee. Non-contact injury, if you will. That didn't look good, but uh, alas, the Royals aren't going to do a lot with this season anyways. Yeah, no, he's been, uh, it's a sprained left knee okay. placed on the 60-day IL. Yeah, that's no good. At least it's just a knee sprain. Yeah, at least it's just a sprain and not a tear. Uh, okay, so after the weekend, the Jays have now swept the Royals. They are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. And as a result of both Seattle and Texas being 3-7 and seven over their last 10 and the Mariners getting swept on the weekend... The Jays enter action today in the second wild card spot. They are one game up on Seattle. They are a game and a half up on Texas. And like you mentioned, they are starting a four gamer tonight. 507 first pitch uh, from Toronto. You can watch it on Sportsnet West. You can listen to it right here on Sportsnet 960 
as well as we will have the uh, the Jays rather than the football. Uh, Four-game series, you mentioned it. Chris Bassett is going to head to the bump today. Um, still unsure who is going to be the starter for the Rangers. Uh, it sounds like Dane Dunning, I believe, is going to be starting for the Rangers. I did not make that name up. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm positive. positive. Dane Dunning, 9-6, and 3.88 ERA. Lefty, Hyunjin Ryu will get the second game. He's set to face Max Scherzer. It'll be Yusei Kikuchi against Jordan Montgomery in game three and Kevin Gossman against Nathan Ivaldi in game number four. But this is going to be something to keep like an eye Scherzer's, on for sure. That Scherzer is a tough get there in game two. Nathan Ivaldi to close it out. Like Toronto's got to be sharp. They cannot just stroll through this because, I mean, they, they to say they, they blew out this competition over this 15-game stretch is, is, is not... They did not do that. Nope. They were in a lot of close games throughout this entire 15-game stretch. Yes, they won the games. They've been beat up injury-wise and whatnot, and the pitching's been solid, but they need to be able to score some runs tonight. They can't obviously obviously rely on three-shirt wild wild pitches to get the game tied either. <laughs> so uh, it, it is huge. This If you have to look, yeah, they've got the Red Sox still. They have the Rays still. They have the Yankees still. And those might be some tougher series, but this one, for the importance, you take three or four, you give yourself at least a three-and-a-half game lead over the Texas Rangers heading into a weekend series with the Boston Red Sox, who you have not played well at all, especially at Rogers Center. Six series left on the season. Four-gamer against the Rangers, three against the Red Sox, three against the Yankees in New York, three against Tampa Bay down at the Trop, three more against the Yankees. That'll be at home at the Rogers Center. They close out the season with a three-gamer against the Rays. For the fa- for the last two weeks of the season, you're going to see... They could just s- s- set up shop in Tampa there that final week. see nobody but <laughs> New York and Tampa Bay. And we were kind of talking about it before the break. Like, there is a conversation to be had as far as, you know, you, you want to make sure that you're safely and firmly in the playoffs. But if you can knock Texas back and kind of almost, you know, take three or four... Put them two and a half games back out of a wild card, three games back out of a wild card. Feel a little bit better about the gap between being in a wild card mm-hmm. spot and being outside of it. That third spot's not too bad to beat. No, it, rather it, than playing the Tampa Bay Rays, you get to play the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, you get the third spot, and like I think it'd be a, a close series, easy travel. Especially you'd have a lot, a ton of Jays fans. I think show up for that series, and ideally, you'd obviously want to play the Minnesota Twins. But hey, you never know; anything can happen come baseball postseason. The the, the the teams that don't don't look so good in the regular season can obviously get you surprised come postseason. So as we saw last year with the Toronto Blue Jays blowing that thing to the Mariners, um, I think in baseball more than any sport is you play hot at the end of the year, you're going to continue to play hot come October. And right now the Jays have to go. The Yankees have been playing better ball. They're probably out of it. They just lost their top prospect that's been swinging it like crazy. Jay, uh, Dominguez there, he got the, he's got, he's got to go for Tommy John now. So... And Tampa, where they got their issues, but I think they've kind of creaked it out there. But it's go time now for the Toronto Blue Jays. You can you can seriously see yourself in the postseason if you do your job in this series and mm-hmm. win it. Without a doubt. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. Like I said, 5.07 is when this one is going to start. Uh, and we'll have it here for you on Sportsnet 960. Shai Davidi is going to join us. We also have to ask him about this injury to Danny Jansen. Mm-hmm. And... What type of timeline are we looking at here? Done for the regular season? How far into mm-hmm. the postseason is it going to be? Because we're only, what, three weeks away from the postseason? Just went through it all? About three weeks from the regular season finale, I think? Yeah, regular season finale is October 1st. So Three weeks from today. Yeah, it's it's 
Danny Jansen's a bat that uh, when he steps up, he's been such a clutch bat. Obviously, he's great behind the plate. Helps helps a lot of the pitchers out when whoever picks him and whatnot. You need to have Danny Jansen healthy because right now it's Alejandro Kirk, it's Taylor Tyler Heineman, and then emergency Dalton Varsho. Yeah, we were talking about this. We might see Dalton Varsho catch yeah. a game here or there. Last few, might have to. Last few weeks, he's been uh, putting on the gear, uh, taking some pitches. Uh, he's said to everybody, like, it's not going to be pretty if I have to do this. Uh, which, obviously, you want to be like... There, and there has been some situations... That, he must be listening to the show. He's setting the bar low. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And there's been situations where he's... Like, the Jays have possibly had to go to use him at points. If Kirk starts, and you have to pinch hit for him or or something like that. And Taylor Heineman's out of the lineup or, or whatnot. There is There could be a chance you see Dalton Varsho down here. So, it is a weird little creak. And hopefully, it, it's it's in late in the game with a lead. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about it. Because he's like, yeah, I'm not blocking the plate. It's going to block in this thing. It's going to be a little tough. So uh, it's been over a year since he's catched <laughs> or caught. I should say catched, catched since he has catched. catched. There's one for you, GVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Pinota is also going to join us at 730. So that's going to be after uh, the morning report. And then we'll chat with Shy. And then David Pinota is going to join us. We're going to talk all sorts of things. There's uh, some rumors starting to percolate. We are getting closer and closer to the NHL season. Yeah. Uh, I saw on Twitter today that the Montreal Canadiens are having their Charity golf tournament today. It's charity uh, golf week. Yeah, it is. That's it's essentially what happens around this time. Everybody's of season. back home. All of the players yeah. return. They are now available for the golf tournaments. Mm-hmm. They do the golf tournaments with all the sponsors and the uh, fans and season ticket holders and the whole nine yards. Yep. Uh, the Flames are doing theirs on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. They have a little luncheon planned for tomorrow as well. Uh, we're going to be broadcasting live. I believe we're going to be up at Country Hills. Mm-hmm. The tournament is also out at the links to Glen Eagles. But we're going to be up at Country Hills on Wednesday uh, broadcasting the show live. And hopefully we'll have a whole bunch of flames on. Mm-hmm. That'll be uh, hanging out, see who's in the best shape. We'll be able to whisper about their physiques yes. when they're not around. Oh, you look very muscly. Oh, look how muscly he looks. He's yoked. He's been using the balloon to work on his breathing. <laughs> uh, so we'll chat with David Pinota from the fourth period about uh, anything that he's hearing as we inch closer to training camp here. That's going to be just after 7.30. The other thing I did want to mention, uh, just before we do get to the morning report, and you'll bring it up in there as well, but uh, a tough one for the Stampeders mm-hmm. over the course of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they fall to the Edmonton Elks. It is a walk-off victory for Edmonton. They win it by two points. 28-26 was the final score, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 25-24. Yeah, yeah. It, it was... Frustrating. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're there. 25-23. Needed a stop. Did not get the stop. Yeah, frustrating. It, it was frustrating. 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 Up twenty-three-seven entering the fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, Mayor's stats at half: seventeen to twenty-two touchdowns, one hundred and sixty yards. It was great. Spreading the ball around, and then second half. I don't know what hell happened. Second half penalties added up. Uh, like really, they did such a good job on Trey Ford. They did a, a phenomenal job. He, he was under 100 yards rushing. He still had 80 yards rushing, under around 135 yards passing. Another rough game in the passing department, but it was really two big, two big throws uh, that resulted in pass interference calls that set the Elks up in primo position. One to get them a touchdown, the other uh, Dean Faithful field goal to win the game. Uh, we talked about it Saturday on the Stamps Hour that this needed to be a uh, this was a must win for Calgary because the way their schedule breaks down they they have less games than Saskatchewan because they have the two buys they one only, this week one this week they only have one more head to head with Saskatchewan uh, they're essentially three games back of the Riders for that third playoff spot 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you got Hamilton in the crossover as well. Uh, you have one more head. To, you have one game with them at the end of the month out in Hamilton. Uh, you you can't afford any more losses. It, really, you can't. You got Montreal will be your next opponent coming in here on on two Saturdays from now, and then you go to Hamilton. Uh, you still have to play the Bombers once more, but again, that could be a, that's at the end of the year. Bombers probably going to be resting everybody. Saskatchewan's at the end of the year. You got that game against BC. They can't. You, they really cannot afford another loss. Well, you know, we talked about it on the show, mm-hmm. and we kind of came to the conclusion that this is a Stampeders team that needs to go five and one to get into the playoffs. You just had your one, and you just had your one loss. Mm-hmm. So now you kind of have to win out a team that hasn't won two that, in a row, and things that yeah. have to fall in your favor as well. Yep. Like Hamilton has to lose out straight up. Your team that you'd have to eventually cross over to has to lose out. You have no control outside of that one game. Like. And yeah. Edmonton's been playing so much better since Trey Ford. So much better. And there was, I mean, I'm not, I'm saying Edmonton's probably out of it too. I, I, I honestly, I think you see the three teams in the, in the playoffs right now. And that's the three teams you're going to get from each division. Stamps are four and nine. Riders is six and six. Hamilton is five and seven. The Alouettes also moved down to six and six after losing to the Argos over the weekend. Like just nothing shows me in this team that they can get on a, on a run and win two, three, four in a row because they haven't won two in a row yet. Yeah, it's a great it just, point. They have not been able to put together that complete game. It, it was a transition year. Maybe it was a worse transition than we, we expected. Without a doubt. But the question becomes, how do you handle this in the offseason? Second offseason for Dave Dickinson as a general manager. Mm-hmm. What will he do differently? He's, he, uh, on the broadcast, they mentioned that uh, he's got more hands in the play calling now. Yeah, you had texted me about that yeah. on Saturday. Uh, Dave Naylor. The, the... And you felt like you could see it too? Yeah, it, at least in that first half. Mm. You can see it. They're off this week, so we will not see uh, Dave or the group. Uh, I still believe he's expected to call us on Wednesday. He usually does call in on the bye week. Nevertheless, just to uh, have a little chat, check the the temp, (laughs) all that type of stuff. They'll be back on the practice field on Tuesday of next week. Mm -hmm. So uh, a full, uh, I guess... Nine, ten days off for the group. And it'll and, be a full uh, week because they're gonna it's a home game Saturday. It'll be yeah. a good it'll be a long week of practice. It's a disappointing mm-hmm. uh kind of end to the Labor Day rematch, but alas, uh they'll press on five more games in the regular season for the Stampeders. Two in a row at home now for the Elks. As Patty <laughs> mentioned, uh, a couple of buys here for the Stampeders. They have a bye this week, they'll play two games and they'll have their final bye week. They close out the season with a couple of games against Winnipeg and BC. Like they, they have an easy, they have a tough schedule. Not mm-hmm. an easy schedule no. either. Either so, no. um, hey, if they do get in, they're probably going to be the hottest team Hell in the CFL. It. They're <laughs> going to be a hot team going into the playoffs. That is for sure. Uh, we'll take our first break because I'm going to assume that the morning report has some stuff in it. It's got NFL loaded. It's the first weekend where there has been NFL uh, plus MLB. Plus, we didn't even get to Canada at the Phoebus. Yeah, man. Canada did a hell of a job there uh, early morning of Sunday. You know? How about Dylan Mitchell? <laughs> Brooks. Dylan Brooks. Dylan Mitchell scored a touchdown for the Elks. He did. <laughs> but Dylan Brooks. 39 points from the Cobra. What, six for eight from beyond the arc? Yeah. Or something like that? Yeah, he was great. He was outstanding. I mean, like, 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 like. If they ever got to That's a gold medal, cool. they were America. Yeah, they That's were pretty cool. They were never going to be intimidated by anybody, especially no. that guy like Dylan Brooks, who went toe to toe with LeBron in the postseason. Yeah, which is hilarious. And of course, LeBron got his. Of course, LeBron's going to win that battle. But the guy doesn't care. This this is a fun group, and I'm so excited for for next summer in Paris because they have a legit chance to medal again. Are 
are the Rockets going to be any good? Because that's where he signed, right? They're going to be better? <sighs> Hopefully better. They won it, like 20 games last get year. Get James Harden back. Mm. I don't know. Houston's still in a transition. We'll take a break. Mm. Uh, Patty's got all of it in the morning report for you. And we have a jam-packed show. Like I said, Shai Davidi, David Pignota, Charles Davis. We got to recap our best bets. We got heaps of stuff to do. Keep it locked. The Big Show, Sports at 960, The Fan. Welcome back. Big Show, Sands George Russick. He'll be back Wednesday. We'll be up at Country Hills for the Flames Charity Golf Tournament. Celebrity Charity Golf Tournament? Something like that. I guess the celebrities are players, too. And then you and Matt, or you and Matt, you and George, and I guess Brandon Parker. Yeah. Francis. Every Flames media should be there. A whole bunch of muckety-mucks, for sure. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that's always a fun show to do as well. See some of the players getting into town. I uh, believe a lot of them are already in town, actually. But we'll find out for sure. On I Wednesday. would hope they're back in town. It would make sense. Get yourself a little situated before you got to hit the ground running. Yep, for sure. Um, hey, let's get to it. I know there's a lot to do today because, uh, hey, it was the first week of the NFL season. That means there's lots of stuff to tell us about. Yeah. Plus the Jays, plus the basketball, plus the Stampeders. Oh, my goodness. Let's get to it. It's the morning report. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match them beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. We say good morning to Patty Dumas. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Blue. Matty Rose. No, this is Patrick. First Sunday of the NFL season. It was Christmas morning yesterday, Matty. 14 games to run through, and what a day it was. We'll start in the ATL. Couple offensive rookie of the year candidates. Mm-hmm. First overall pick, Bryce Young for the Carolina Panthers, taking on eighth overall pick, Bijan Robinson. Bijan's Texas Longhorns with the big upset over Bryce's Alabama Crimson Tide the day before, a few miles to the west in Tuscaloosa. And on Sunday, it was Bijan that hit the end zone first. And he has the football. Puts a move on. Bijan Robinson. He's got a hit. His first NFL touchdown. Why do you spend a top? You draft guys that score touchdowns and that stop touchdowns. You see Bajon Robinson right here catching the little bubble screen. But the move on Frankie Louvu. That guy is too big to move like that. But that's what the man does. Seven gets six. Full on stop from Bijan putting Frankie Louvu right over the top. It was so good. And then to break a couple tackles in the end zone. Oh, if you're a Falcons fan watching that, shout out our boy Riley Pollock. Yep. Uh, you're happy. Yeah. You're very no, happy. Uh, Bijan with his first NFL touchdown gets the Falcons out to a 7-0 lead. Bryce Young would get his first TD to Hayden Hurst late in the second quarter. Uh, we'll skip ahead to the fourth quarter now. Game tied at 10. The other running back in Atlanta, Tyler Algier, he's pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. Rookie last year had over 1,000 yards. He had two touchdowns down by the goal line. Uh, that's the reason why the Falcons start 1-0. 24-10 the final over the Panthers. Atlanta welcomes Green Bay in week two while Carolina has their home opener welcoming the Saints. That's a big one for the Falcons. Yes, it is. Battle of Ohio. They're in a bad division. That is a, that's anybody's division. Battle exactly. of Ohio in a miserable Cleveland. Perfect <sighs> football weather, if you ask me. Joe Burrow and his Bengals offense struggled mightily throughout. Fresh off signing the richest deal in NFL history. Burrow couldn't even hit the 90-yard mark as that Elves defense <laughs> that steadily improved over the last few seasons led by Miles Garrett. 
Probably doesn't get it nearly enough love in this league, I don't Ooh, think. I uh, Brian, Browns win 24-3. Uh, tough loss, though, for Cleveland. They lose their right tackle, Jack Conklin. He's likely done for the year. Injuries just follow this poor guy with a significant knee injury. Never love seeing a guy, uh, dude go down, especially let alone in week one. Uh, Cleveland gets the win. Cincinnati, home opener next week against Baltimore. Browns there into Pittsburgh. And uh, here's what uh, Jamar Chase had to say after that game, after he called uh, the Browns the Elves. It's frustrating because I called the ass Elves, and we just lost to some Elves. So I'm pissed on my part. I'm not I'm pissed on Allen that. And um, like I said, man, we got missed opportunities. We didn't capitalize on that shit, and, and we lost. So that's how we lost. Yeah, uh, got to get better there, Cincinnati, week two. Uh, around the corner. Uh, another rookie quarterback making uh, their debut. Spotlight in Indianapolis. New era for Anthony Richardson begins. And some good news before this one is Jonathan Taylor could be ready to roll in week five once he comes off the PUP list. I think we all knew that. Yeah, but now he's he's confident in it. Okay. And he's going to play because there's a chance he was going to hold out. So mm. who knows? Uh, Colts welcoming the defending AFC South champion Jacksonville Jaguars. Big year in Jacksonville, I think, as they get ready to take the next step up the conference ladder. And Lawrence... Got a big addition to his arsenal this offseason uh, in Calvin Ridley. Third down and eight, empty backfield. Lawrence looking, can't find anyone, spins away. Now Lawrence throws, back of the end zone, touchdown, it's Ridley. What a throw from Lawrence mm. on third and eight, rolling out to his left, finding Ridley at the back of the end zone. That's going to be fun to watch. Just don't gamble, Calvin. Uh, and another nice catch later on in the second quarter with Travis Etienne running him along the sideline to throw a block. Uh, great game from them. Uh, so how about Anthony Richardson? He looked pretty damn good as well. Youngest player in the Super Bowl era at 21 years and 111 days to have a throwing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Hmm. Uh, took a lot of hits in this one. Uh, it's only game one out there, and Indy hopes you have a long career. Uh, after the game, Trevor Lawrence with some advice. So you got to take care of yourself yeah. up there, bud. Uh, Jags score 14 points in the fourth quarter. Complete a nice comeback to win 31-21. Jags head home to take on uh, what I'm sure is a very angry Chiefs squad. Uh, Colts head out on the road to take on Houston. Uh, Bucks and Vikings, a lot of talk around Tampa Ugh. Bay about uh, possibly in the running for first overall pick. Couldn't get a deal done with Mike Evans before his self-imposed deadline uh, on Saturday. Uh, well, it was a former first overall pick and Mike Evans who came up big in this one in a very tough environment as it was the raucous Vikings crowd honoring their former head coach Bud Grant before, this, uh, before the game he passed away in the offseason. To the game, Vikings got out to a 10-3 lead. Uh, felt like it should have been more, though. Kirk Cousins... Shot himself in the foot a ton. Two fumbles, an interception, really took the wind out of the Vikings' sails in the first half. Uh, like I said, it was Baker. Like Justin Ma Jefferson had 138 yards receiving yeah. in the first half. Yeah, and he finished with 150 overall, nine catches. Uh, not in the end zone, though. It was just Cousins just could not get it done uh, there. Late. Red the zone interception for Cousins. And what, I'm not going to blame the interception on him because K.J. Osborne's probably got to catch that and keep more out in front of him. But Vikings should have been blowing out Tampa Bay. And it was only 10-10 at the half. And Andrew Catalan was on the on the broadcast alongside Tiki Barber and mm. Matt Ryan making mm. his uh, CBS yes. debut. Andrew Catalan with uh, with the all time liner here. We were just chopping some burgers at halftime, saying this game feels like it should be twenty eight to three in favor of Minnesota. Why is it still ten ten? Turnovers. You could hear, like, see Matt Ryan's just like, oh. If you watch, you can see Matt Ryan go. I don't know if that was necessary. You can see exactly where I'm his heart breaks. I'm not going to acknowledge what you just did. I'm just going to step right over that. I'm just going to keep sliding on by. Uh, How could you? But he's right. Uh, Vikings <laughs> should have been blowing out Tampa Bay in this one. Uh, but it was wrong. You know, Tampa Bay got the field goal late there. Uh, big third down conversion by Breaker to keep it. And then he threw finds Chris Godwin late. To, to Breaker? 
Yeah, it's Baker. Uh, it's Baker, and then uh, Baker finds Chris Godwin to put this one away. Vikings fall 20-17. to They were perfect in one-score games last year. Now they're 0-1. Yeah, that's not ideal if you're the Vikings. You nope. do not want to lose to this iteration of the Buccaneers yeah. at home to start your season. Those vibes are not good. Justin Jefferson looks mm-hmm. so mad mm-hmm. on the bench as this thing wound down. That's a tough loss for the Vikings. Yeah, uh, and it doesn't get any easier. A short week. They're into Philadelphia on Thursday night. Oof. Tampa welcomes the Bears. Saints and Titans. This one was uh, not great. Our friend of the program, uh, Ross Tucker, making his CBS booth debut. One of the best play- football players we've ever seen. Yeah. Taysom Hill. Yeah, Taysom Hill. That's what he said. He said, well, I'm not saying it uh, stats-wise, but just what he can do on the field. Uh, Taysom Hill. I understood Ross's point. I understood exactly what he was he saying. He was just getting dragged on social media. Because so we'll that's what he does. Later this he week. does that. He, yes, he does. And he, he, he does get love it. to <laughs> poke the bear, exactly. doesn't he? Uh, Saints do win this one 16-15. Derek Carr looked pretty good in his Saints debut. Brock Purdy looked pretty damn good as well. Pretty uh, good. Picking up uh, this, his season in the state where it ended in January. Uh, taking on the Steelers. Uh, they were all they were really good in this one on all phases of the game. Defensively, they look like they're the best. Offensively, man, Brock Purdy, 19 of 29, 220 and two touchdowns. Run CMC popped off with 152 on the ground. One went for 65 to the house. Niners blow out Pittsburgh 30 to 7. Niners head to the LA Rams next week. Pittsburgh welcomes Cleveland. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, great start for new ownership in Washington. Sam Howell, the new guy in D.C., making only a second career start. Solid against the Cardinals. Ran this ran a game-winning touchdown in late. Commies pick up a win, 20-16. to 16. Washington heads to Denver now. Arizona into, uh, we'll take on the New York Giants. Shout out the Cardinals scoring a touchdown. Good for them. They led for a good chunk yeah, of that they game. Did. They led for a good chunk. Uh Last of the first-round rookie quarterbacks to talk about, C.J. Stroud mm. and his new-look Texans into Baltimore to take on a team that hopes they can dig out of an offensive lull the last few seasons. Hopefully, Lamar's healthy. They brought in Todd Munkin to be their offense coordinator from Georgia as well. I wasn't clicking just yet for Lamar in that offense. Uh, he was sacked four times, turned over the ball twice. J.K. Dobbins finally healthy. Wrong. Guy cannot catch a break as he left this one early in the third quarter. Uh, pretty quick turnaround. Ian Rappaport reporting torn Achilles done for the season. Yeah, he already had a touchdown in the game as well. One of like the eight running backs that Baltimore yeah. likes to use. Yeah. But it was definitely going to be the feature guy. Yeah, uh, the second round pick in 2020. He's only featured in 23 games since entering the league. Is Justice Hill going to be the most picked up player on the waiver wire on Wednesday? Uh, I have it in one of my leagues. He's number one because the waiver wire is completely desolate. But I believe uh, the Rams receivers could elevate mm. as well. Tutu Atwell and uh, Puka Nakua. Uh, we'll get to the Rams. Nice job on the second one Puka there. Puka My goodness. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Rams, uh, or rather Ravens defense was uh, no match for C.J. Stroud, though. Sacking him five times. Uh, first pass completion was to himself for no gain. <laughs> the old Brett Favre. <laughs> Ravens win 25-9. Ravens now head to Cincinnati. Texans welcome the Colts. All three first-round quarterbacks lost in week one. All rookie quarterbacks 0-3, but uh, we'll see. I think they all showed signs that they can be pretty good in this league. Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, and Sam Howell. No, no not, that's not right. CJ Stroud. Stroud. Sam you, Howell was later. Yeah. He's made a second career start. Another quarterback making a second career start. The NFL's oldest rivalry, Packers and Bears in Chicago. Jordan Love replacing Aaron Rodgers. Chicago looking up on the up and up with that new look offense and Justin Fields getting that number one receiver. New era for the Bears, right? Mm. Wrong. It doesn't matter who's at quarterback in Green Bay. The Bears still can't beat them. Four-man rush. Love. Jones in stride, Aaron Jones. 
Racing to the end zone, and he's in! Touchdown, Green Bay! Matt LaFleur talked about getting Aaron Jones the ball more to start in the second half, and that was his second TD of the third quarter on a fourth and three. Packers up 17-6. That made it 24-6. Love finding Jones. Big pass over the middle. Jones grabs his hamstring, unfortunately, there at yeah, the end. Yeah, he did. Uh, looked pretty good on the sidelines. He was having fun and everything. I think that was probably because of the score. Definitely something to monitor this week because hamstrings are not fun, especially for running backs. Uh, Quay Walker would put this one on ice with a crazy pick six, breaking three tackles on his way to the end zone. Love throws three touchdowns in his first start as the Packers' new starter. They win 38-20. Green Bay into Atlanta next week. Chicago heads to Tampa Bay. Couple of touchdowns for Romeo Dobbs. Yes. No Christian Watson in this one. Yes. So Dobbs is the guy that kind of ends up finding pay dirt. Mm-hmm. Aaron Jones led the Packers in both rushing and receiving yards. Yeah, and that's what he can do. He is that dual threat guy. He went yeah. over 1,100 yards pat rushing last year. He can be a 1,500 all-purpose yards, if not more, but he's got to stay healthy. Uh, in uh, It's the Sean Payton no-fun Broncos taking on the team that is all the fun, although probably not legally, the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh. Josh McDaniels used two of his former Patriot buddies and Jimmy Garoppolo making his Raider debut alongside another making his debut in silver and black, Jacoby Myers. They hooked up for two TDs. I guess banning bucket hats didn't matter. Raiders win 17-16. Mayor's got nailed late by Kareem Jackson. Scary hit to the head. He was able to walk off, obviously being evaluated for a concussion. Uh, Vegas into Buffalo next week. Denver hosting Washington. Yeah, that's a big one for the Raiders in that division, mm-hmm. especially because they were supposed to be significantly worse they were than the one Broncos. The only team that won. Raiders are the division leader after week one. <laughs> Good for them. Wow. Uh, Eagles and Pats. Tom How Bra- many weeks will that last? Uh, probably not long. Eagles and Pats. Tom Brady being honored ahead of this one. You knew the Patriots were going to bring it. Not a great start, however. Eagles got out to a 16-0 lead after one and kind of just held on the rest of the way. Jake Elliott had three field goals in the second half. That's all they needed, despite the valiant effort from Mac Jones. Philly holds on 25-20. Eagles head home for the quick turnaround, hosting the Vikings on Thursday. Pats welcome two and the Dolphins. Yeah, this line felt fishy to me, but ended made up sense. being right on the money. Yeah, made a little sense, you know. Uh, they Eagles covered it, mm-hmm. luckily enough, but mm-hmm. their offense was not a little shaky to start. where I thought it New would Eng- be. New England did a hell of a job on Jalen Hurts. Uh, and speaking of two and those Dolphins, probably the most fun and competitive game of the uh, week one Sunday slate. Happened in L.A. as the Chargers hosted the Dolphins and a few thousand of their closest friends as Teal peppered SoFi Stadium. And it was the battle of the two, maybe two of the best young gunslingers in this game. Justin Herbert, two attack of Iowa, went up and down the fast track. Chargers leading late in this one. And boy, this team really knows how to blow leads. Is in the backfield. And they go to the end zone and caught. Hill, touchdown! Touchdown! Had to be Kevin Harlan on that one. Uh, Tua hits Tyreek Hill for his second TD of the night. Big moments just follow him around. Uh, Tua goes 466 and three touchdowns. That's the fourth most yards on opening day. Dolphins offense is going to be fun. Tua's got to be healthy. They're into Foxborough next Sunday night. Chargers head to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Rams and Seahawks. No Cooper Cup, no problem. Matt Stafford having problems connecting with youth. That's snake oil. As Puka Nachua and fifth round, the fifth rounder. <laughs> snake oil. That show's coming. David, uh, David Spade, man. Yeah, uh, David Spade. He's yeah. selling it real well. <laughs> Woo! Uh, and they might have their first pick in the draft, actually, uh, which was Puka Nachua. I don't think it was, but they do trade away their draft picks. Uh, stepped up with 10 catches, 119 yards. Tutu Atwell also had 119 yards. The Rams blow out the Seahawks. In Seattle, 30-13. to 13. The highlight of the game might have been Geno Smith's reaction to a pass-rushing oh, yeah. Aaron Donald. Oh, 
on third down. Smith, pressure comes late, and it's incomplete. <laughs> oh, my God. Down, down. <laughs> yeah, Geno Smith's just saying. Is there anything we, more terrifying <laughs> than Aaron Donald coming off a twist, unblocked in the middle? Oh my, oh my god. god! Oh my god! Uh, Rams home opener against the Niners next week. Seattle heading to Detroit. And Same, bro. Oh my god! What the hell did we witness in the Sunday nighter? <laughs> Rain pouring at MetLife. The Cowboys beat the Giants bloody in all three phases of the game, blocking a field goal for a touchdown after really opening nice drive, really nice opening drive from the Giants. A pick six, and Tony Pollard and Dak Prescott popping off. Mike McCarthy returning to the calls, uh, returning to call playing, playing call, call playing. Jesus, <laughs> calling plays for the first time since 2018, uh, and probably the most impressive thing is that Cowboys defense, Maddie. They obliterated the Giants' oh. offensive line, sacking Daniel Jones seven times. Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, and the rest of that defensive line too. Like, and okay, here's the other thing: the Cowboys' defensive line is awesome. But that Giants offensive line was putrid. And it's Awful. been bad Terrible. for so long. They missed Andrew Thomas a ton, I know, but still. You can give Daniel Jones four years and $160 million, but if he's running for his life every play, what's the point? You're throwing money away. What is the point? You're throwing money away. You need to give him a give and then him you better got Saquon chance. Barkley fumbling the ball. Like, if, they, don't have, like, they don't have Terrible. a receiver, really. They don't have a number one receiver. They, don't. they haven't since OBJ left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giants... Get shut out. Sterling Shepard was supposed to be that 40 guy. 40 to nothing. Joke. Yeah. Uh, they head to the desert in week two. Cowboys get Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. That's it for the NFL. Monday Nighter will close it off tonight. Uh, Bills, Jets. Should be a great one at, at Jet Life, as Aaron Rodgers has now called it. Oh, good. Uh, Bills, the only true New York team, if you ask Matt Marchese. What's your thoughts on the Monday Nighter? Bills favored by two here. Um, this is a big one for both these teams I've, to really I've, set themselves up in the AFCs for a good run because I think Miami's going to be really good as well. I have the, the ESPN story up here. It's titled, Rogers' debut and Hamlin's return. Highlight Monday night showdown between the Jets and Bills. Uh, DeMar Hamlin is not going to play. He oh, is a, a healthy scratch for this game. Well, maybe he gets a start in Buffalo next week. Well, he yeah, can come back in front sure. of the crowd, but... But I'm just laughing yeah, at the head no, it's- uh, The excitement here is what is Aaron Rodgers going to be like with this Jets team? They got mm-hmm. two good running backs. They have, a fair, they have a, an offensive line that has been questioned throughout the preseason. A plethora of receivers. Camp. They've got good receivers. They have an elite defense. They're ready to rock. Are they? But is Rodgers the guy? Because they are the Jets. Yes. And Jets going to Jets. J-E-T-E. Yuck, Jets, yuck, Jets, yuck. Jets. Okay. Uh, excited for this one. Though. That's your Monday nighter. Uh, to baseball, the, Blue, the Toronto Blue Jays. They're looking for a massive sweep mm-hmm. over the Kansas City Royals. Don't care if they're the second worst team in baseball. They're pesky and always play Toronto tough. And the Jays need all the wins they can get over the last month. Jose Barrios getting the call for the Bluebirds. Royals starting Cole Raggins. And Cole Raggins up 2-0 in the fifth. Had quite the inning for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> and he uncorks another one to the backstop. And in to score is Guerrero. He does it again. Unbelievable. Schneider coming home and the game is tied. Three consecutive wild pitches thrown by Cole Reagans to tie the game. He was on 104 pitches through five. He literally fell over on one of those. Like, just <laughs> fell off the mound. There's yips, and then there's my arm is jello completely. <laughs> yeah, like, take me out of this game. What am I doing out here? Like, what? Oh, that would just that would be it for, for the Royals, really. Jays tie it. They would not look back from that point. Uh, next inning, I feel like this guy's going to be very vital in any success this group has in late September and hopefully October. Mm-hmm. 
We got. We, nope, not, uh, not that one. That's, that's when he's very excited Deal later. One. Kiermaier hits one high and deep. Out to right field. Waters back. Look it up. It's gone. It's gone. Kevin Kiermaier with his biggest homer as a Blue Jay. Toronto on top with a solo shot in the seventh. Now coming with two out. Makes it 3-2. Bottom eight now. Santiago Espinal bunts home Dalton Varsho. Then Biggio would single home Whit Merrifield. Jays sweep away Kansas City with a 5-2 win. Move a whole game up on the Mariners for that second wild card. And uh, that Kevin Kiermaier, he's very excited. Here's him after the game. We got three weeks, three weeks left of the season. Sounds like me. Roger Center, you've been electric all year. <laughs> hey, we need it. We've been working for October all year. We're going, okay? You guys ready? Let's go. Let's go. Oh, he's so good, oh, man. He, he makes me want to run through a wall. I'm a humongous fan. Yeah. No, he was I, a guy that even when he was at Tampa, you were like, gosh, I just. He's the main reason Kevin Pillar never, like, never won a gold glove in center Yeah, field. that's fair. Yeah. Like, uh, he was so good for so long with Tampa Bay. And it's so come, good to see him as a member of the Jays. Yeah, now. and he has a chance to go into Tampa Bay and, and mess things up uh, if things go well. Uh, again, Toronto, big one tonight. Four-game set with the Texas Rangers. Chris Bassett gets the startup against Dane Dunning. The 507 first pitch we'll have it for you right here on Sportsnet 960. Jays bringing that one-game lead into tonight's proceedings after the Mariners just got swept at the hands of the Rays. Texas a half game back of Seattle for that final wild-card spot. They've won two in a row, uh, taking that final two against Oakland. Mariners, they begin a series tonight uh, with the LA Angels. Uh, Angels could be getting back Shoei Otani as well tonight. Don't know how much that matters. Uh, but that's your baseball story. Uh, Canada taking on the Americans in the bronze medal game at the FIBA World Cup uh, early on Sunday morning. Uh, what a game from the Cobra, as George <laughs> likes to call him. 39 <laughs> points from Dylan Brooks to lead the way. They needed overtime. And in overtime, maybe the MVP of the tournament had Canada win gold uh, with a big three. R.J. Barrett. Fade away, no. Tip by Powell. Dort has it. And back to Gilgis Alexander. Both teams crashing up. Offensive glass. The free. Shea Gilgis Alexander. And it's a five-point game. Put the guy on some skates there. SGA makes it 116-111. Canada wins 127-118 to win bronze. Their first medal in a global basketball event since 1936. They knocked off some of the best in the world to get to this point. France, Slovenia, Spain, and the Americans in the bronze medal game. Uh, the best feels like it's yet to come here. Uh, cannot wait for 2024 in Paris. Yeah, this is uh, an outstanding result. Uh, I know they were in the wee hours of Sunday morning. If you got up and watched it and then took in 13 hours of commercial-free football, <laughs> or eight hours, and then... I hope you Sunday took today nighter, off. Yeah, then I hope you took today off. That would have been an impressive day. But nevertheless, this is huge for Canada. Yeah. Beating the Americans, who are favored by like seven and a half points Which going into hilarious. this game. Unbelievable. That's, Good job for them. Yeah. This is a new era of Canadian basketball. It is here. Mm -hmm. They have a medal to show for yep. it. And now the question is, what can they do when the world's best when players world's, are all When there? the real guys show up yeah, next yeah, summer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, great tournament for Canada. Uh yeah, I can't say. It's the best is yet to come, I believe. Uh, and Germany, super good all-tournament as well. They beat the U.S. to get to the gold medal game. They beat Serbia in the final, 83-77. New Raptors point guard, Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder. Yes, sir. Uh, tournament MVP and Canadian coach Gordy Herbert uh, with the big win. Uh, Germany wins the FIBA World Cup. Might be the only time in history you can say that the German basketball team might be bigger in the eyes of the German public than the German football team who lost 4-1 to Japan and just fired their manager. Oh yeah, so wow. German German soccer's not going through 
through great things right now. Vibes are bad. Vibes are bad. Uh, basketball's good, though. Mm. Uh, Stampeders closing down week 14 in Edmonton on Saturday mm-hmm. night. Stamps trying to sweep away the week against the Elks and win two straight for the first time all year. It was a great start. Jake Mayer, very strong early on, going 17-20 to 20 in the first half. A couple of TDs. Calgary's up 17-7. They carried that lead into the fourth quarter, up 23-7. to Though the Elks did the exact same thing to the Stampeders that Calgary did to Edmonton on Labor Day. Rally in the fourth quarter. No thanks to some big penalties from the Stampeders, including a questionable P.I. on Brad Muhammad, but you got to throw it. I feel like it in that one. But, uh, you know, they put them in uh, Dean Faithful range. He bangs home a 42-yarder. Elks score 18 points in the fourth quarter to win 25-23. Calgary now heads into their bye week. At 4-9, and nine, essentially three games back as Saskatchewan for third in the West. We talked about on Saturday, Matty. That was a must-win for this group. They cannot afford any more the rest of the way. And they, and they don't have a lot of games because they have two buys, including this one this week. They have five more games left. Uh, it is not necessarily an easy schedule. The last two games are against BC and Winnipeg. Now, granted, we don't know what Winnipeg is going to throw out in the final week of the regular season. But that being said, can't focus on that. you got to look ahead and... Man, this has just been a, a tough season, a hard season for the Stampeders. If they can go on a run, they're going to be red hot getting into the playoffs. Yeah. But if they can't, they're going to have some serious questions to ask themselves going into the offseason. Yeah, I have not missed the playoffs since 2004. Dave uh, Dickinson has not been on a team with a losing record ever. as a coach or a player as uh, a Stampeder. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Bombers, they clinch a playoff spot with a resounding 51-6 win over the Riders. It was a third straight home game where Winnipeg scored more than 47 points. Uh, so I guess a little bit of a favor done to Calgary as the Riders. Failed to gain a game on them. The Argos are also big winners Saturday, clinching a playoff spot with a 39-10 win over Montreal. Uh, U.S. Open men's final, Novak Djokovic up against Daniil Medvedev. Uh, despite a one-hour and 45-minute second set, which Novak came back and won, mm-hmm. he rolled Medvedev in the third uh, and deciding set 6-3 to take his fifth, or sorry, fourth U.S. Open title and his 24th Grand Slam title overall, matching the great Margaret Court for most all time, a win in Australia in the new year would make him the undisputed GOAT of tennis. Congrats to Novak. Here he is postgame. You know, 24 is the jersey that he wore when he became a legend of Lakers and uh, world basketball. So I thought, you know, it could be a nice symbolic thing to, uh, to acknowledge him. Well, there you go. I guess uh, Novak 24 honoring Kobe with the 24. It's going to be 25 maybe in Australia. And congrats to Ottawa's Gabby Dabrowski and her and her partner Aaron Rutliff from New Zealand. They won the women's doubles title in straight sets over Germans Laura Sigmund and Vera Svanareva. Uh, Dabrowski is the first Canadian woman to win a Grand Slam's doubles title. And uh, local. Fast kicking, low scoring, and ties. <laughs> you bet. Cavalry FC looking to keep un- this unbeaten run going on the road in Hamilton, taking on Forge FC. Uh, and it might have been the best one-point game the Cavs could have ever asked for as Marco Carducci kept Cavs in this one, making a couple big saves. Finishes nil-nil. Cavs, first draw since June 3rd, also against Forge. Uh, they'll have one more on the road. They're into Halifax tomorrow. They'll return home on Saturday to take on Vancouver. Four points clear at the top of the table. And there's your morning report. Thank you, Patrick. That is the morning report, and it's brought to you by Mo- uh, MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match, then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue and 3rd Street Southeast. First hour in the books. We've been live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Cracked foundation, Boeing foundation walls. We have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They are all things basement D. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Now, 
into the interviews. Shai Davidi set to join us in about five minutes here. Talk about the weekend that was for the Jays and tee up this series with the Rangers. It's essentially the playoffs for the Jays. You are here. Win it or go home. David Pinotto from the fourth period is going to join us just after 7.30. Charles Davis, CBS Sports football analyst, going to join us just after 8. And we'll get to our best bets all before the show is over as well. Great show coming up for you. Keep it locked. Sports at 960 The Fan.